The opinions and views expressed on the Outer Drive podcast do not represent those of the people that sign my paycheck or Fletcher's paycheck. Retweets are not endorsed. Holla at your boy. Salutations and greetings. This is the Outer Drive Podcast, Season 1, Episode 2. My name is John. With me is Fletcher. I am at Really John Brown on Twitter. He is at St. FDW. Also on Twitter, we are at The Outer Drive. Similarly on Twitter, you can find us on Spotify. Stitcher. <laughs> For all the people that still use Stitcher. Uh, Google Play and iTunes. iTunes yes, we uh, we got. <laughs> this is going to be a very strange pod. This is going to be a potentially uh, strange pod. I'm looking forward to it because I think one of the issues that we're going to talk about with this one, um, out of the soccer pundit community, we are probably the most qualified to talk about it. In I mean, my- there's a few who are qualified, but like. It's a few that's mainly because there aren't many people in that category who... I don't want to make it sound like I'm a doctor or a PhD. Yeah, no. We are PhDs in the topic, but we'll get to that when we get to that. That's what you call a tease. Um, So, I just want to first slander Brad Guzan. First things first. I don't know... Man's a bum. Man's a bum. Man's not hot. And I don't even care about you being a bum. Like, be a bum. That's fine. We're but, both bums but when it comes like, on the field to a degree. But, like, if someone were to insult my play, or if I go if I go to my job... He didn't even insult. If I go to my job and someone insults my work ethic, where they're like, yo, Fletcher can't do X, Y, Z in this office, or Fletcher can't, uh, Fletcher can't deliver this package from here to here in, like, X amount of time. He doesn't know what he's doing. And then you go out and deliver your package, and it takes you, like... Twice as long. 50 times as long as it took for me to do mine. And you're out here doing the Ace Ventura routine you with don't, the package. You don't get to talk to me. And, like, to put that in better perspective, Bill Hamid, who's one of my favorite goalies, who I get why isn't a national team player, because he has moments where he just has the worst brain farts. Howlers. And, like, I, I don't get it. And he does great in the MLS, but yet when it comes time to like be bought by a European club, he somehow gets buried in their death chart and he has to come back. Every so like, time. So like, I get it. I understand why you're like, well, this guy can't be whatever. But there's not a planet currently right now, unless you're measuring them in AARP points, where like Bill Hamid is, is worse than Brad Guzan. Period. There's not any metric that you have that will tell me that unless it's like who has more wrinkles on their forehead yeah it's probably brad guzan i'll give you that one wholeheartedly who looks like a cassava melon so like brad I, guzan. I i don't i don't get like what what the whole hubbub is where bill i get it because it makes you a bad teammate when bill hamid was like hey uh i don't know i'm, I'm being left off here for this and for this I'm a better keeper than like people like this person, this person, Brad Guzan, and Brad was like, 
well, I don't know why Bill would say that, and then promptly gave up one of the worst goals I've ever seen in my life. The ball was rolled the opposite direction, and he fell like an adult toddler whose shoes were tied together. And I don't... Like, you know those robots you see that are like, they're taking over the world, and they have like those little robot fails where they fall over? The, the, the Boston Dynamics. Like, that's how he fell. And I was like... He had enough time to fall, say, oh no, get back up, and the ball still could have not gone in the net, and he just got back up as the ball rolled. And I'm like, that's terrible. That's he, a terrible... You are a professional goalie who's played in all these he, other countries. He, he do be on that, like, beer league goalkeeping Like, status. you must... Either you're a terrible goalie, either you're old, or, like, you're like Tim down at you, and you're just... You're making money off this game, and you shouldn't be making money that way. And I don't want to say that about anybody, but a lot of these... Allegedly. Goals, a lot of these goals he's let in have been, like, really bad. Yeah. And Atlanta United has not been great. They've not been the same team. They like, lost Elmiron to Newcastle. They've gotten a new few new players in. But a lot of the issues they're having are because, like, their go- their defense is bad, and their goalie can't bail them out anymore because, mm-hmm. like, their goalie's now Brad Guzan full-time. So, like... How old is he now? It's like, I don't know, 90? He's got to be... I think, as old as your boy here, because I think late thirties, late thirties, early forties. Well, I mean, if you're a U.S. goalkeeper, you're, you're probably kind of old. That's he's usually not, how not, it goes. He's not, he's not. He's not older than. Uh, well, Tim Howard Ma- is Mondragon from uh, Colombia. So, yeah, Brad goes in. Let's see here. Wikipedia, do your work. Thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. Thirty-four. Thirty-four. <sighs> There's no no excuses. No excuses. Thirty-four is still prime goalkeeping age. No excuses. Thirty-four. Thirty-four. You can. You thirty-four. You can be a pro in, in Europe. You yeah. can be like a good pro in yeah. Europe. Thirty-four. Casey Keller was thirty-four, still playing for Leicester City. Well, I don't really know whether he was playing or so much he was on the roster, but still, I think he was. I'm, I'm gonna look this. I'm gonna look this up. Still, he was like contributing, like. They're, they're, no, no. Mm-mm. Yeah, 34 is not, like, even in regular soccer player age, that's not that old. Why like, does he look like that, then, if he's only 34? <clears throat> he, he, looked, <clears throat> he looked terrible for 34. <clears throat> <laughs> All right, let's see here. Casey Keller was born in 69, so 34, he would have been... I don't know, man. That's 2004. 2004, he was playing for Spurs. He's in the middle of playing for Spurs, Casey Kelly. Playing or on the roster? I don't know who would have been ahead of him on Spurs at that point in time. I don't feel like Wikipediaing so hard to find that out. But 34 is still like you shouldn't be flopping around like a wet fish. You know, like a wet fish. Fish are wet. Like a suddenly dry fish. Not all fish are wet. Not a... <laughs> Like a live fish on dry ground. Thank you. Um, because, like, the thing is, Brad Guzan, and we're, we're, we're belaboring this a little much for my liking, but Brad Guzan, like, whenever he has his howlers, right, it's a thousand percent. I look like I got wrong-footed on every shot. Like, that's what happens. Like, he starts out one way, turns the other way, then the ball goes the way he started, and then he, like, is looking at the defenders, like, what did you do to me? And normally, that's fine. Like, normally, if that happens in, like, your bar league, I'm like, that's cool. Bar league, whatever, fine. Right, Premier, Premier league, whatever, it's fine. But, like, in major league soccer, where the attackers aren't that great, 
most of the time, yeah. Maybe yeah. you should be able to get a read on the ball. Like it's not. It's one thing if Wayne Rooney hits a thirty-yard screamer at you, or something like, or it's not, like knuckling, or, or Nani yeah. does something. Those people have international technique that they've perfected. I get it. Right. But like when when someone of of Kyle Beckerman's caliber is like running at you and launches like a nasty garbage Slanderous. ball, and you're just like, oh, oh my god, no, and you just fall. And the ball rolls by you. That's when I'm like, you need to like calm down. And you got you, the one drip, the one anime drip next to your head. Like, like you done messed up my. my when, you, when you look up and you hear that Japanese nani, like you know, like it's not. You should probably retire, and that's totally fine. No one's gonna fault you for needing to retire. You can go play for soccer soldiers. You already got the haircut. Moving on. I need to slander a Detroit-based movie. I don't even know if the dude that wrote it stars in it and directed it, which is always is a Detroit, bad is combination. Detroit, is it like actually Detroit based or just fictionally? I know it's fictionally, fictionally in Detroit. Okay. Um, hopefully, hopefully the person that wrote this pilot garbage isn't from Detroit. Um, and if he was, I would say that homeboy's from Southfield because I don't want to put that kind of horribleness on Detroit. Um, some of you might have seen. You know our opinions on the movie Loquisha, which has apparently made it to Amazon Prime. Um, just a quick rundown, rough rundown. Wait, it's out already? Someone I added it was, me. I thought it was supposed to be like a theater release. That's why I was worried. It was. It was supposed to go to theater in July, but apparently it's on Amazon Prime now, which makes me think that it's not going to go to theater because people saw what the premise was and thought, "Holy crap! I am not going to have my name attached to this." Like whatever producer was like, yeah, we're going to put this in theaters, saw the reaction on Twitter and was like, yo, I invested in, I, I invested in a movie where a white dude pretends to be a black woman, which means he's doing a black scent into a microphone. And, so, and, and a guy is supposed to sound like a woman. A white person is supposed to sound like a black person giving advice on the radio because... He needed to be a, diver- a diversity hire in order to get this job of being an advice talk radio host. Currently polling at 1.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Wow. Wow. Out of 144 ratings. Honestly, so that means people watch, 144 people watch this Not necessarily, because there could be people who are just like, I don't like this, one star. My opinion on it? I've seen the trailer. Before that, I was like, you know what? I don't like the premise. I'm all for stuff about Detroit. The movie, the show Hung, that took place in Detroit for Showtime, which was about... Hung was in Detroit? I didn't know that. Yeah, it was, it was, well, it was supposed to be in Detroit. It was really like Royal Oak, like, That's whatever. Detroit. That's Detroit. Like, when they're, when they're like, it's downtown Detroit, it's like right by OCC and Royal Oak. I know exactly where I, I know the campus. But like, it's basically about a gigolo who is a teacher. And I was like, look, well, that premise is kind of like not great for Detroit. It's a bit of a stretch. Like, I, it makes sense because, like, this guy's like, I'm a teacher, I have no money, and, like, I need money quick. And it's like, you could get it by slanging that D. And it works out. And he's like, yeah. Slanging that old English D. He's like, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a teacher, I don't have the money to do this, whatever. And I'm like, that sounds like a Detroit teacher problem. All my friends at Detroit teachers are broke. So that's like a Detroit teacher problem that, like, I don't make money. All my friends at Detroit teachers don't make money. Right. And I understand it. They do. They teach for like the love of teaching. Right. But if all of them were like, "Yo, I'm gonna go slang my genitals for money," 
I, that would make a lot of sense. I wouldn't say I'd be behind it, but I wouldn't say I would be against it either. I wouldn't judge him. But, like, if it's a Detroit-based thing, I'll give it a shot. Detroit 187, I gave it two episodes, and I was like, this is garbage. Garbage show. It's about it's about Detroit cops shooting, killing. Ha ha. It was only filmed one episode in Detroit. So I was like, Laquisha, the first episode was filmed Where'd in Where'd they film it, then? Atlanta. Atlanta and L.A. Um, they used shot. They did, like, Martin, where they used shots of buildings in Detroit, but then they filmed on the street in, like, Atlanta. <laughs> So wow. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I don't like the premise of Lucretia. It's racist. It's horrible. But like, if I hear this dude talk and he actually sounds like a legit black woman, cool. You know what? Maybe they're using a black woman's voice over his body. If that's the case, let's give that woman some props. We'll go from there. If they Millie Vanilli it, you're saying? Sure. Do you only get that reference? Um, that's like the fourth time I've heard it in like a month, and I just, I'm just, I just nod my head and say, okay. Wow. But, yeah, you are too young to get that right. God but <laughs> the fact is, they let the guy talk, and it sounds like a white dude trying to sound like a black woman horribly. And like they're like, and someone's like, "Yo, this is this is this is gold right here." We need to put money into. And this. I was like, "No, like that's what makes it so offensive. It's the fact that he sounds nothing like a black woman. He dude. sounds like a white dude who's trying to sound like a black woman horribly. It's like your one friend who you used to be friends you used to be friends with at your little." city you're from who's like I can sound like I'm a Japanese person he sounds nothing like a Japanese person pulls his eyes sideways to and, do it too right he says something like Korean you're like okay whatever like he sounds like that guy but except if they made a movie about your one friend who does that th- yeah you'd be like what's happening and that's kind of where I'm at like what yeah what's happening how did this happen who thought this would be okay who how thought, could this have happened yeah man. who thought in today's climate like, I get it. Like, Juana Man. Today would not be a movie. No. When it came it out... It shouldn't have been a movie when it came when out. When it came out, like, it made sense why it would come out. It wasn't a good premise, but it made sense. Today, it'd be like, no. So yeah. how does a movie like this today, like, sneak all the way into post-production until they're like, yo, people might have an issue with this? No, it, it got... Yeah, it's like all the way to post-production. It got to the point where it was being promoted. Like, it didn't hit post-production. Someone was like, yo, this... We need to get a voiceover artist. Because at least in post, they'd have been like, we need to pay, you know, somebody from CC and the Music Factory, another reference you're not going to get. Um, I know them. To, okay, we need somebody from CC and the Music Factory to come through and do the background vocals. You know what I mean? And and clean this up a bit. You know, at least we're giving a voice actor, you know, a, a voice actor, which is a black woman, some work. You know, like I was listening to Jesus and Mero, like everybody, and they like talked about it for about a hot second, and they're like, "Yo, how did this happen?" And then Mero's like, at first he was like, "Man, forget all these black folks that would be in this movie," and then he's like, "Yo, at least some black actors are getting work." You know, he's like, "I, I can't, like, I don't want to fully hate on it because at least some black actors are getting work, which yeah. is difficult in, in Hollywood off rip, even in today's climate, but." That that setting that aside, right? As you said, in today's climate, in the sometimes overreactionary climate that is social media, for you know, as much as people want to complain about quote unquote PC culture, and I've actually been having a very excellent conversation with uh, with one of the kids that one of the parents on uh, Sebastian's soccer team. Um, her husband's a police officer, and she's very much like moderate down the middle kind of person. She's not one of those crazy blue lives matter people. Mm-hmm. Um, and she and I have you know very real conversations about this sort of stuff. And she's like, you know, 
I'm, when she started saying, you know, PC culture, this PC culture, that, I was like, I think people conflate political correctness with just not being an offensive jerk. <laughs> and this right here is just straight offensive. Like, if I was like, it's one thing, and like, he's a stand up comedian, also writes movies, apparently. If you're doing stand-up, there's a certain amount of leeway that you get doing stand-up, no matter who you are. Louis C.K., before he started showing his junk to people, um, you know, Anthony Jeselnik, you know what I mean? Like, like those kinds of people, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, you know, whomever, they have a little bit... Mike Yard is one of my favorites right now. He's from the VI. He's from the Virgin Islands and will shoot darts at everybody. But that's the thing. You're taking darts at everybody. You have your five minutes on stage to, you know, fa 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 everybody gets a little bit, right? And then that's what keeps you from looking like an absolute prick. You know what I mean? Carlos Mencia, before he started stealing jokes from everybody, everybody caught a little bit. He always stole jokes, so, so that's yeah, not... Yeah, that's true. But everybody caught a little bit, and then it's like, you can't just nail him to the wall for being a, a racist prick, because it's like, well, no, he's I mean, a stand-up comedian doing his job. I get that, but like, there's also a line. Like, you can make fun of everyone that's, like, your thing, and that's kind of where, not to go on a larger point with Dave Chappelle, but he was like, well, I, I talk about everybody. It's like, right. The problem is, is, like, for some people, you talk about them, but it's like, I go to a line. I'm not going to cross it. For some people, you go over that line horribly, mm-hmm. and, like, like that's the, the not trans okay. jokes. His, trans, his, his transgender jokes bad. were, like, bad. Like, like he would bad. talk about black people, like, in a way that I was like, I get it, because you're black. I got it. Yeah. I wouldn't do that to a mostly white crowd, but like you know, hey, you're your own. Right. Um, We're gonna address that later. But yeah, I he he spoke about Asian Americans a decent amount because his wife's Asian. I get that as well. He spoke about Hispanics a decent amount, but didn't really go that too far because you know, no prominent Hispanic people in his life, to my knowledge, from what I've looked at. Right. But when he got to transgender, he was like, "Oh, guess what? I'm putting on both rubber gloves and go." And I'm like, "I don't know why you decided to go in super hard." And like, yeah. when people were like, "Yo, don't do that, man." You're like, "Guess what?" I'm gonna come in double hard. Yeah, like he yeah. he, and not to not to get off the point, but just I, I understand that yes, as a comedian, you have to have to take your artistic license because you're supposed to do stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, heck, as a journalist, heck, as whatever, you're supposed to like give a very fair and honest shake for something, whether it's yeah. a joke, whether it's a statement, whatever. But be there, but like realize there is a line and you cannot cross it. And if you cross it, you have to take what's coming to you. Right. You, you can't be, you can't be like, in. well, it's, it's PC culture. No, dude, you're a jerk. Like, you are a jerk. It's yeah. Maybe this person's, you know, a little bit overreactive, but it's one thing I will say that Louis C.K. taught me, besides showing your wiener to people is wrong, is even if you ask them to and they say yes, you're not Don't supposed to do that. Don't pee in plants in front of women. Oh, he wasn't peeing. Uh, <laughs> Don't jizz in plants. But he's, the one thing he said in this show, and I, it's something I almost would have gotten tattooed on me had I been stupid, it's... You don't get to decide that you've hurt somebody. If someone says you've hurt them, that's it. And a lot of people are like, well, I didn't mean to offend you. Well, you did. Yep. I'm not saying you have to apologize for it right now, but like you offended, you bothered me. So now you got to take responsibility and understand that you bothered somebody. Yep. And a lot of people are like, well, I don't have to because I didn't mean to. Like, and oh. then listen. Like, listen. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. Okay, cool. I'm going to take it to for all you married cats out there, right? Your boy's married, been married for a few years now. Love it. All about it. I'm pro-marriage, right? When you piss your spouse off, whether you intended to or not, does not matter. It does not matter if you intend to piss your spouse off with what you said or did. The fact of the matter is you pissed them off. That's it. 
That's it. Whether you're married or not. If you're in a relationship, friend, you know what I mean, your homeboy. Like, Fletcher and I have been, been dudes for a few years now. He's one of my best friends. I'll, I'll say that into a hot microphone because this is a good dude. I've never gotten to the point where I've, like, straight pissed him off. But if I ever make Fletcher upset to the point where he's like, my dude, that was messed up what you just did right there. I don't have to go and try and legitimize it. What I have to do is be like, yo, my man, I'm sorry. I did not intend, but I'm sorry. You need I mean, to know first things first. I mean, it I'm it sorry. goes both ways. We've done that for each other both times where it's been like, I might not get why you're upset, but also if you're upset, like, at least if I say I'm sorry, you can explain to me why you're upset and I can listen and say, oh, that makes sense. Right. I might not see it that way, but maybe I just won't do that because it bothers you. And like that's just how you need to be as an adult. Maybe you don't. You don't have right. to. I'm not saying you need to be like I agree with everybody. Because then like you're the person who likes all types of music, which means your musical taste is terrible. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Oh my god. But <laughs> yes. <laughs> but like you don't have to like it, but you need to understand why someone might like it or might not like I'm it. I'm saying though, someone might not like you know a rap music because their favorite song was some song, and like their cousin died in a car accident, and like that song makes them think of it. Cool. Okay. Don't play that song. Right, we got it. Like no, you don't need to play Twenty One Savage in front of homeboy if he's if his cousin got you know. Someone might someone might you know love country because it reminds him of their grandma who like used to like do the the boot scoot you know under the the blue moonshine whatever like it might mean something to them. You might think it's gar- hot garbage, but it might be something that means something to them entirely. So like you gotta like then say, I get it, I understand. I'm going to keep my mouth about this and, like, you just, you know, do what you're doing. You don't have to like it, but you at least need to understand and, like, say okay. Yeah. So, I think we've, uh, yeah, Loquisha sucks. And I would like to send all kinds of, like, actual darts at whoever agreed to make that movie. I feel sorry for the people of color that made that movie. Um, And to the dude that wrote it, I'm not going to say your name on wax. Um... Stay out of actual Detroit because you probably won't get a welcome reception. Moving on, we're going to talk here. We're talking about soccer now. Yeah, let's lighten things up. We're going to talk about soccer. So, the summer season has started for our local clubs. Uh, me being the Flint resident, Flint area resident, I have been to a few Bucks games already, already this season. I'm very, uh, very impressed with the club so far. Fletcher's been to a number of DCFC games already this season. Uh, actually, I was able to make it to uh, the first Bucks uh, uh, friendly against Detroit City. So Flint City Bucks versus uh, Detroit City FC. I have to admit, I didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, Flint City Bucks are going to be the higher quality club, but the last time that I saw them, actually, you and I were at. Oakland University watching the U.S. Open Cup match. Um, City ended up tying the game late and uh, went to PKs and ended up winning on PKs. Um, Though, at that point, uh, Michigan Bucks were the more impressive side. Um, Both of of the pieces that we wrote for Midfield Press that day afterwards um, really spoke to the quality that we saw coming from Michigan Bucks. Uh, namely, shouts out to Lalas Abubakar playing for uh, Columbus Crew last time I checked. Hopefully, he's still Colorado Rapids. Colorado Rapids on loan. On loan. Well, yeah. Shouts out to Lalas Abubakar. Um, so I was expecting Bucks to you know maintain that, 
um, and actually maybe even increase it with a better playing surface. Uh, as we had said on our last pod, we were expecting a little bit of change from uh, from playing indoors to playing outdoors, dealing with the sun, dealing with the wind, uh, you know, moving from a sterile environment. I have to admit, and you know, I don't, I don't know if you were able to watch the stream that day. Uh, Flint City Bucks put it on Detroit City FC, and I was actually surprised that the score was as low as it was. The thing I didn't think about with the Bucks moving from Ultimate Soccer Arenas to outdoors that I think now Michigan Stars will struggle with, as in they now play Ultimate Soccer Arenas, is the Bucks played most of their games there and then went somewhere else to go play. After moving their entire team somewhere and then playing exclusively outside, they adjusted to being outside. So when they got to play, they actually were able to like keep their form. Mm-hmm. Plus, they have all new players for the most part. They have a few mainstays, but they have a lot of new players who mm-hmm. you've seen before um, in the U.S. in the Michigan Soccer Cup, or you've seen in the MPSL, or you've seen in the UPSL, or you've seen wherever. So like it's it's a different team it's the same team uh same kind of run of play but like different so you know i uh i think they'll i i think right now they're they're my best team in the state of michigan um i would agree now just to be fair i haven't watched enough of the other uh, mpsl clubs just to be completely blunt but uh the quality I've seen from Flint City Bucks with varying levels of play. Like, they haven't played down to any of their opponents. Um, they started out the they season. Do you think so? West Virginia. West Virginia is not a good team. Fair enough. Fair enough. West Virginia might be the worst team in the league. I haven't watched that game. I didn't go to it, and I haven't watched the stream. Um, you can catch the streams on YouTube if you're interested in, in seeing them. Um, but the games that I've been to... Though the scores were low, they definitely control the run of play. Uh, so I can, I can see them being like you know like first you know home game jitters kind of thing against because well, they haven't getting their goal at the end of the from what I from what game. I heard and what from what I heard is they controlled the game. They did their best to like get shots and they just couldn't get anything by the goalie. And then finally the other team scored with like I think the seventieth or eightieth minute, mm. and like it looked bad. And then they got a. Long ball in from Charlie Booth, found the head, and the slick flicked forward of uh, Yuri Farkas, who put it in the bottom corner of the net, and like it changed things. And like, well, personally, I celebrate every goal uh, against this team. I probably wouldn't celebrate it as much, just because this team is trash. And I expect when they play again soon, uh, the Bucks will drop eight on them. I fully expect them to say, "We can't let that happen again." It's like, it's like that movie, The Great White Hype, where like Damon Wayans is a boxer and the white guy hits him a few times and he's like, "Oh, you done effed up!" And then he beats him up in like four punches. I'm surprised you referenced that, but did not get my Millie Vanilli I've, I've reference. I've seen The Great White Hype. Oh my god, I saw it. So, so Damon Wayans shows up with a beer belly. I might add, like not in shape. Homeboy did not train. Billy Zane or whoever, who was it? I don't know though. I don't know though. It's like some some very popular actor from the '90s, white dude, like bop bop hits him a couple times and then gets just wrecked, shop wrecked. Um, eight, huh? Because maybe not eight. Maybe maybe four or five. Funny you should mention that because um, I went to the school day game, the Flint City Bucks school day game, where 
2,000 Flint City school children made their way out to the game. Uh, it was a field trip for the for the school kids. Um, lunches were provided for them. I got there right as kickoff was starting because I, uh, you know, you know, had thing other things to do that day than made my way out to the game. Uh, I was very impressed with the way they played against uh, Chicago United FC. Or, pardon me, Chicago FC United. Um, same thing. Same thing. Weird name. Whatever. Uh, Chicago had beat West Virginia to the point you were making. They had beat West Virginia five to nil, and I was like, "Yo." These guys are organized, and they were very organized. Their midfield was very strong. Um, if you were watching my tweets that day, um, I had noted that Omar uh, Omar Muhammad was really... There was really no attacking force for Chicago FC. There was really nothing to like for... Like, there, was, there was a point man who was a stronger, burly dude. I can't remember his name because his jersey number didn't correspond with anything on the roster. Um... He was playing more of like a false nine, so there was really nothing forcing the action on Flint. Um, they scored right in the outset. Uh, Popovich scored a, a screamer, screamer from like the, the left side of the box, as Nash will do. Oh my! Oh my goodness! It was it was it was one of those you see him get. So they started the match out pressuring the left side of the field. They were attacking the left side of the field. So every time the fullback got the ball out there Borshak was on his behind like in his pocket trying to dispossess him so it happened a couple different times Farkas actually got out there and double backed uh, that fullback ball gets coughed up they pass up to Popovich one touch this bending yikes shot right into the top corner no other scoring that match and reason being in my personal opinion Flint's midfield is their weak point um, they're organized, but there's not enough action going through the middle of the field. They like to work the wings. Chicago was holding down the middle of the field, and Omar Muhammad was really the, the linchpin of that. He ended up moving back to center back um, and really shut down Flint's attack at that point, and, they were, and that's when Chicago was really trying to force the issue. Um, but to Flint's credit, they adjusted to that and really, as, as much as... Chicago tried to press into the attack and try, and they did put more shots on and made the goalkeeper work. Really, when it came down to it, um, Flint made the proper adjustments to keep the clean sheet, and that was their first win of the of the, of the year. And then they won uh, this past weekend, uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, three to two. Not their best defensive performance. I've only watched the first half of it so far. I was actually um, chatting with Coach Wagstaff about that earlier. Um, he was, you know, he let me know that uh, they made some really good adjustments to move uh, in order to get the game working more in their behalf, um, especially after the after they went down. Um, but this has really been like the hallmark of the club so far. They they can play in multiple types of ways. Um, they have like their points of attack, like their their forwards, Borshak, Popovich, and Osman really are dangerous guys but are pressing the back line of the of the opposing team in a real way and it's and it, it works out very obviously when you you're know why they're watching you know that. you know they look like they're playing and it's kind of because of Wagstaff you play them like Liverpool Wagstaff were he's like high up in Liverpool Michigan Liverpool team they press they run a 4-3-3 three, three, 
and they press. Everyone presses. The ball gets passed back to the defender who's trying to trap the ball. They run at him. They make him make a stupid decision. And against FC Chicago United, SC, whatever they are, like, it worked out. It worked out. Nash Popovich got a nice shot. Curved it and curled him in the net. He's got three on the season, I think, now. Yes, he does. Um, but, you know, they, they press, and it's something that you need to instill in your team. And when I saw they had hired him and do a associate head coach role to go with Demir, who I know can continue Gary Parsons' teaching very well. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm surprised that they're adapting and they're with well because again, people playing in United Soccer Ultimate Soccer arenas typically tend not to. But like, I knew they had to be back. I knew after having that down season last year, like it was. They were like, I wouldn't say they were embarrassed, because I, I can never tell when a team's embarrassed, because when a team should be embarrassed, they're not. Uh, but they seemed, like, different. I remember mentioning, like, Michigan Bucks are going to be great last year. And they came out, and they had one really good game against Detroit City, which ended up being a draw, which ended up being a draw loss in the U.S. Open Cup. Mm. And then they started out their season really not great, and then they kind of kind of fixed it during the end, but they were never in position to, like, we'll make a run for the playoffs and I was like that's nuts like this is the first time in like some time mm-hmm. like even when they missed the playoffs before like they were still like third place fourth place like they finished in like fourth but it was like a fourth where it's like we're not it's like it's like the the English Premier League where it's like Chelsea finished third but we also finished like 15 points behind the second place team we mm-hmm. have no shot of taking second but like we're in third so to see them kind of be here now Back to my original point, they're the best team I've seen in Michigan. I know John has not seen all the other MPSL teams in Michigan. I've seen most of them. Um, I've seen their lineups. I've seen their rosters. Uh, Bucks Bucks could take all of them. I wouldn't say I won't say win, but they'll get positive results against every team, whether that's a draw, whether that's a win, etc. I'll I, the one thing I will say, um, having seen because the games I have watched were versus Michigan Michigan Stars in the Michigan Milk Cup. Uh, versus Detroit City FC in an opening friendly. It wasn't City's first friendly of the year, but it was uh, the Bucks' first friendly of the year. And uh, I've watched half of last night's match uh, versus Cincinnati Dutch Lions. They work, 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 but at the same time they make very smart decisions. In passing, they make very solid decisions in defending. Um, I'm... This probably sounds like I'm like caping for Flint City Bucks as the local club, um, but it's nice to see like quality soccer f- being played in the area. Um, they've had some turnout as well, but at the same time, they're, they're, they used to not be as concerned about turnout. But the fact that they're actually like working towards like, hey, Flint, we actually want to represent Flint, and we're out here playing good soccer. Um, you know, I really expect them to. You know, take a shot, like a shot way up the uh, the power rankings in this upcoming week. They've played three games in seven days and have positive results in each of those games. Two wins, one draw. They're undefeated to start the season. Um, they're undefeated in preseason. Like Flint City Bucks, thank you for coming out here and, and doing the thing. It's nice to see. Um, conversely, there's been a little bit of a little bit of uh, sweaty palms we'll say, from the Detroit City faithful uh, as they've opened the season with, you know, winless in the past, let's see, three matches has been? I'm not going to even comment on that, mainly because 2007, 
2017, they opened the season like poorly, and they won the Midwest Championship. So I have a thing that I've mentioned multiple times, mentioned on multiple, multiple outlets. Um, it's my thing. I don't care if anyone else thought of it. It's my thing. <laughs> I will say it's my thing over and over. Even years, Detroit City FC struggle. Odd years, Detroit City FC flourishes. So it's an odd year. I'll give them till midway through the season. I know 2017, they kind of were at an iffy point. They introduced more Tyrone Mondi and went on a 9-10 game winning streak. Ended up taking it all the way to all the way to losing until losing all the way until tying against Midland Odessa. Um, so yeah, no, I I I will hold off on saying that they are like should be worried right now because they can still pull up. Um, pull up from forty, they'd be pulling up from forty at this point. Like I've I've talked to a couple of city supporters, um, and they're concerned. Like after the Bucks game, I was I was texting with somebody, and they were like, "Yo, we look like we don't know what we're doing out there right now." And you know, mind you, it was a friendly. It was against the Bucks. The Bucks should have higher quality than Detroit City. I mean, actually, no. And here's why I'll say no to that. Okay. Um, I I will gladly be wrong. Because normally I would say yes, because the Bucks have a higher reach, normally in terms of player development. And the legacy. The Detroit City FC currently are a professional team. They haven't taken the full professional rank until this fall. Mm. But they've signed professional players, like players who've played for high-level USL2 clubs or... Who played in MLS two teams? There's like, some youth internationals on the club too. Yeah, they've signed players who've like played for who've been paid before. I don't mean like paid like well, MLS contracts aren't worth much, but like who've played for like Galaxy two or played in another country, etc. So like you add those players in, there some of them are actually playing currently. Mm. I expect your play to go up, and like I get it, they're figuring a new formation with Ben Pierman. They ran a four four two, which is kind of like a hybrid four three three. With Trevor, they're running a three-five-two or a five-three-two, really depending on who you have got where. Mm. Um, and it's taken some some getting used to because you have some you know wing backs who are playing more up. If they still had Zach Shiwi, he'd be perfect for this because they have a fast guy who tracks back and forth. Not to say their players aren't working their hardest right now, but he's still trying to figure out how to put players who he has into his system. And he's even said, I talked to him after the game. He said it's kind of kind of a it's. We're getting better at it, but it's kind of a hard thing to do right now because we still have players who who are getting accustomed to where I have them on the on the field. So, like, I understand that. I get it. I do. Mm-hmm. Again, I know you might have talked to some fans. Everyone I've spoken to, for the most part, seems like, oh, we're good. We're fine. They're not happy with the results. Losing to Kalamazoo the way they did, uh, which is looking a bit more like a fluke, a bit less like skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll put it like this. If they they play FC Indiana tomorrow, or on Monday, if they were to lose to FC Indiana or draw FC Indiana, that's what I would worry. I would as well. If, if they go out and beat them 3, 4, 5, whatever, nothing, okay. If they, it's like a 3-2 to two win or whatever, I would worry that. That's when I'd be like, hey, what's going on? Because this team is bad, and we routinely house them. And right now we're struggling against them. That's when I would say, okay, let's think about it. But if they go out there and handle business like I expect them to, um, if I put my life on the line, if I had to like make a bet with my life that they'd win them, win Monday, I would, and I'd be shocked if I were dead on Tuesday. <laughs> Please don't die. I would just like to let that well, be known. Talk to the city. 
don't lose. Hey, Detroit City, I want I want my homeboy to uh, make sure he is living. Can we can we do that, please? All right. Um, any other thoughts on some on local soccer? Uh, I mean, Michigan Mill Cup. Michigan Mill Cup is actually a thing. The clubs actually care. They've got a decent chunk of money to win. Um, when I watched the Flint City Bucks play against Michigan Stars, Michigan Stars went for it. Like they didn't just like mail that in in order to play City the next day. Like they they went for it and and gave the Bucks a little bit of work. And the Bucks only won one to zero. Like it wasn't like a you know going away kind of thing. I I get it. They won one to zero, but it was more like if to me it felt like okay, we got our one. We have control. Let's work on some stuff. Let's try to get a second two, but like let's not break rank right now. Let's work on some stuff, get a bit better, and go from there. It didn't really feel like oh we're in a fight. We're in a fight for our for our game. It felt like we're in control, and if we need to like break rank to try to push up and score some goals, we can. It, that's what it felt like to me. Um, the Stars are our better team. I watched them against Detroit City. I remember them being a um, joke. So I mean, um, on the field at least. They're a better team on the field. They uh they move the ball better. They move the ball better. They they seem to understand. They got this goalie who has played in the Africa Cup of Nations, and he looks really good. The only he problem is, is he's he has nimble. to make so many saves yes, because his defense lets him down. And the one player that they have, Steven Junkai, who played for Detroit City, who played for Grasshopper Zurich. Um, no joke. Okay. He... He can't do it all by himself, and he's having to do that. And if you can only focus on MPSL soccer in order to be good, either you need to have a bunch of great midfielders or a bunch of gr- or, or a bunch of great attackers and forwards. Mm-hmm. Great a bunch of sorry, a bunch of great midfielders or a bunch of great forwards and defenders. So if you have just great midfielders, you can work that out because you control it, get one or two goals, you're good. Right. AFC and Arbor typically has great midfielders, great defenders, forwards, kind of eh, but like they get the job done. Um, for an example, for there. Um, Detroit City FC in the past has had great midfield, great forwards or defense, kind of eh, but they'll just keep bombing on you until you submit. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's different. But, like, if you have one good striker and, like, a kind of meh midfield, one good keeper and kind of a meh defense, you're in for a long season. Like, that's, you're not, if your goal is to not win your, win your conference or your division, like, you're just here to collect people's money and, like, wave at them. So, I don't know. That's probably what's going to happen. Well, Michigan Mill Cup is a thing. I'm very happy about that, actually. Like, I remember... We have three, three semifinalists right now. So we have Flint, Flint City Bucks. We have Grand Oakland Rapids. County and Grand Rapids. Oakland County. And this week, this Thursday, AFC and Arbor plays... I don't know if it's B-I-H or if it's just B Grand Rapids. But, uh... It's an Atlanta rapper saying yeah. a very unsavory, misogynistic word. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I I expect <laughs> AFC and Arbor to to do to, just to, fine. to run that bit. I expect them to be okay. Mm-hmm. They'll be fine. Put the house on that bit. You said it. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> I wanted to end on that joke. Says we're about to transition to a very uncomfortable topic. Um... Want to get tea? Need hot water? No, I'm good. All right. All right. Uh, I'm going to cut this. Let me take a hot swig here. 
<laughs> I'm very uncomfortable about this, to be honest with you. You watching right there. You're about to see us dance around one of our rules. All right. Should I mention the rule on air? Like, should I put that into the mix? I mean, sure. All right. So one of the rules that we had when we started doing this podcast... Rule number one. How long ago was that? Rule number one. It was a while, I think. It was a long while ago. Rule number one was, we'll go where to do it until it's fun. I mean, until it stops being fun and feels way too much like work. And then we'll do it for two more, three more episodes. And if it doesn't work out, we're done. That's the first rule. Kind of lengthy, but like that's how we wanted to make it work. And it actually is exactly what happened. Um, so yeah, that's sad. And now you know that. Rule number two is we're going to do our best to keep the conversation going forward. Uh, soccer related, funny, but still soccer related. And the biggest rule number three is no N-words. I don't mean no N-words on the podcast because we're both black and, like, that's... We're black on the podcast. But, like, we wanted to make it known that we are two black males who are on the microphone, who are not... Who might use the word off-air, might use it to each other, might use it to other people. In DMs, but we will not yeah. use it on air because I feel it's weird and kind of, like... Appropriation y. Not even that. I feel like it's. I feel it's appropriation. I feel like if I if I use that on on air, and someone who's not of the, that same ethnicity hears it, they're gonna feel like they can quote me on it. And I've been quoted many times in tweets. I do not want to be quoted with that word in there. I, yeah. I unless it's someone who I know can say the said word. I I. I It'll get bad. I've no, just no. And no. my my feeling on the appropriation part of things is, you know, similar to Fletcher's take, where it's like, you know, I don't want somebody thinking, oh, it's all sweet, yada yada yada. I'm gonna say it because John and Fletcher said it. Um, let's just call a duck a duck. When it comes to American soccer media, there are very few Black American men, Black American people, in, in general. Doing what we do and saying what we say and having the opinions that we have and, you know, sharing uh, the insights of, you know, young Detroiters, <laughs> close to middle-aged Detroiters for some of us. Um, and so we have we know what kind of responsibility that we have with that. Um, we've gotten DMs from people and tweets from people and emails from people saying, yo, I'm from such and such country. This is how I learn about Detroit. I see stuff online. I see stuff in the news. But it's nice to hear like two normal people talking about what it's like to be from Southeast Michigan and the actual things that go on and not just sensationalism. So I don't want somebody to think that it's just like fine and dandy for them to say the N-word like they're a black American that has a deal with the N-word on the, on the way that it's actually dealt with and not conversationally like how black people do. Now, that all being said, what we're talking about is the Oklahoma City energy and Tulsa Roughnecks issue uh, that happened earlier in the soccer season. Side note, I really appreciate when teams in cities either use the same color scheme, like the city of Pittsburgh, everyone has yellow, white, and black, um, or teams all have the same theme for their mascot. 
like the Oklahoma City, they had the Thunder, they had a women's team, that's uh, the Tulsa Shock, um, and the Shock are gone now. But like now they have Oklahoma City Thun the Oklahoma City energy. I'm like, I appreciate that the UIs are all energy related. I assume there's some like energy based thing down there. I think it's terrible. Chesapeake energy is probably having I, I think it's I mean it shows that like, you're trying to show some continuity. Like that's my only thing. Sorry. I think they're all terrible. I think they're all terrible ass names. They're t- they're terrible, but they're all terrible together. Like I'm okay if you're like one together. Like, okay, 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 okay. I'll give you that. Or it's like, because me personally, just like I said, because this is a complete aside, the whole like random noun as a as a team name is should be just in the NBA's thing because it's garbage. And the NBA is like, this is what we're just going to call the team the Heat. Well, I, you know, I, I would like it because like, you have the Heat, you have, you have the Miami Soul, uh, who mm-hmm. women's basketball team would play down there. You have a lot of like hot related teams who played on there in terms of for Miami at least. So it's like that's fine. Like if if the Detroit teams, last thing I'll say, and then we'll go back to being serious. The Detroit Tigers, you know, the Detroit Tigers, Detroit Lions, the Chicago Bears didn't exist. You can make the Pistons, the Detroit Bears. Like it would be like this is like a same theme. Like it's like it's so cool. we'll Wizard of Oz for Detroit. Whatever we'll make the we'll make the Red Wings though. Detroit Old Mys. It's same thing. The Detroit Yellow they're, Bricks. They're both not real. The Detroit Yellow Bricks. That's different. That's real. That's Gucci Mane. Holla at your boy. That's a that's a wire reference. So all white bricks. Yeah. White tan bricks. Anyways. Let's uh, hit a lick. So Fabian Bastidas was released from the Tulsa Roughnecks uh, after using a racial slur as he says in a friendly manner. Um, if you were to ask it, the OKC Energies player Atiba Harris in non-friendly matter, uh, on, on the field at least twice, he used the N-word towards Atiba Harris. He says, Fabian Bastidas says that it was used in a playful manner. I'm going to actually try and find his tweet saying, okay, here is a statement. Um, no. Here, here, here. You know what? Screw his statement. I really don't care what he has to say about it, to be completely honest with you. Um, what he was saying, in a nutshell, was I was using the N-word in a friendly manner because I've been in Brooklyn before. I've been in other countries before where black people say this to each other in a friendly way. And I was saying this in a derby match to a person he doesn't know who is African-American I was saying this in a friendly way in the middle of a game at work um, and I did not mean it the way it was taken. He was using the Luis Suarez Negro defense where it's like, I said this growing up we used it for some way in my family it didn't mean what what people thought it meant it wasn't supposed to be offensive, I didn't know I offend him, I'm sorry, I guess if it's offensive to him, but I didn't know that You, You should just get over it, this PC culture is, yeah you know, and to Atiba Harris's credit, he didn't steal off on homeboy. He didn't like try to injure him on the pitch. He went to the referee. Um, let me make sure. I told the ref, but the game continued. He says in his tweet, Atiba Harris. So that's a, that's a separate problem. That's an Italian problem. Um, first things first. I mean, you can't. You can't. St- I'm. I'm not to sound. Like- you can't be like, okay, hold up, stop the game. Did you say this? 
okay, get like you can't. That's something you address. Like, all right, what's when's the next dead ball? We'll talk about it then. Well, I mean, maybe he doesn't mean stop the game, stop the game, but like he didn't. From the sounds of it, the ref didn't address it. Oh, that, yeah, it's a different story. Right. So first things first. First things first. We're gonna we're gonna peel back the onions here, uh, the onion layers here. So this non-black person using the n-word. I would just like to say to get this on record. So people understand what we're what we're working with here. If you're going to do that, you need to have a tacit, no, pardon me, an explicit explanation from the person you're speaking with that that's kosher. Now, how that works between you and that person is how that is between you and that person. That doesn't mean you have carte blanche to use that with whatever brown skinned person you happen to be around, right? But if you and Homeboy X are cool with that, that's just between you and Homeboy X and not for mixed company. First things first. Secondly, you're at work. Okay? I don't care about how you and Homeboy X get down on your off hours. But when you're at work, that is really not something you need to be saying. Hence, Fletcher and I having our rule on the podcast of not using it. Though we don't get paid to do this for you know all intents and purposes, we're working right now. You guys expect us to have a certain level of professionality as we're presenting to you, as we go to cover these games, whatever the case may be. We can't sit here and just be chopping it up like two homies at the barbershop and expect you guys to take us seriously. That's my two cents on it. Fletcher may feel differently, but, you know... I'm, I'm an old man at this point, and that's the way I think about things. Like, I, I get paid a decent amount of money to do what I do on my 40-hour-a-week gig. And I'm not using the N-word at my 40-hour-a-week gig, even with my coworkers that I'm cool as it gets with. Cool as it gets with. I'm not saying that around them because, by and large, they aren't black. And even if they were, I'm at work. So I'll, I'll step off the, the soapbox for a hot second. Um, feel free to take I mean, the reins here. My opinion on it is basically don't if it's not applicable to you, if it's a slur that I know, whether it's the N-word, whether it's a word for other races that they've taken back, whether it's the word that rhymes with maggot that means burning sticks that the homosexual community has taken back to I would like to brand. touch on that as well. Like, whether it's that word, if the word does not affect you, it's not directed at you, just don't use it. Like, even even if, like, people have given you like, the, like oh, it's fine if you say it, you know, just don't. Like, it it makes things weird. Personal experience, I'm going to give a story. This guy's probably never going to listen to this. There was a player who I play with in the soccer league, the DCFL, and he made a post on his Instagram story like, yo, I'm looking for a gym buddy, you know, go to work out. And I'm like, yo, I need to get back into soccer shape. I was like, you're hit me up. Let's go. And he hit me back. Let's go, inward. This, this kid's Mexican. So, like, hit me back with that. And I looked at it for, like, a good ten minutes and just stared at it. I have not spoken to him since. That was two months ago. I've seen him once or twice in person. And before that, it was a big old hug. You know, what's up, man? How you doing? Right. Now it's like, hey, what's up? And, like, I just I need to get away. Like, I need to get away, and I'll explain to you later why I cannot, why I can't do that. And, like, I'll, maybe hopefully you'll get it, and hopefully you'll understand, hopefully you don't. But, like, 
I and I think the second time he realized like oh I think it was when I said the N word to him because it showed that he it showed that he actually heard me say it and then just chose not to respond so like I I've I've had influence encounters like that I remember going up north to the Benzie Benzonia area playing basketball Ooh, yeah, we've talked about that before and like I heard I was playing with a bunch of white kids and like a few Latinos one of the Latinos was saying something to me and I wonder I was trying to, I couldn't really hear him I thought he was speaking Spanish and I listened to what he was saying and he was like repeating negro negro and I was like oh, okay alright I'm done I'm done I don't need to be here anymore because my impulse now from what I was taught is to punch you in the face and I know that, that while I was younger 15 year old Fletcher that's how I handled stuff now I just need to get away from you because, like, I know that I eventually will override the no adult, the adult me, and like, I I don't need to do that. So, like, I my thing is just I, I joke with uh, my girlfriend. She's white. I joke with her like she'll say something like close to the word. Like we were watching uh what's the word? What's the show? Uh, <laughs> the Wire. <laughs> no, we were watching a show. Uh, oh, Black Monday with Don Cheadle. Mm-hmm. And someone made a joke where, like, they said "sniglet," and which means something. And the guy, and they're like, "What'd you say?" He's like, "I meant sni-. He's like, "I said, said sniglet for real, sniglet." So, like, I made the joke with her about it, and she's like, "I'm not even gonna laugh at that. Like, that's not. I I don't want to joke about that because I know if I joke about it, I think it's when you combine two words. But like, I'm looking it up right now. But like, yeah, no, she. She's like, I don't even want to joke about that because I don't want you to think that I think it's okay for me to use that word. Um, she's like, in the past, I have before when I was ignorant. And I'm like, I don't need to know that, but I appreciate you telling me that because it means, like, you understand why someone might have a problem with this. That's how someone is woke, though. That's the proper amount of wokeness. Like, yo, I used to F up. Now I'm done effing up. Like, I don't want you to tell me you've used it because that makes me like look at you funny. But, like... That also shows, like, hey, I understand this. how this might bother you. And, like, you can just tell me you understand how it might bother me. You don't have to tell me, like, I understand because I used to use it when I was young. Weird. That's weird. But, like, I get it. I get it. I understand. I, you know, I appreciate it. Just don't. If it's not for you, whether it's this word, whether it's any other word, like, just don't. Like, you don't. No. It's not Okay. And I understand how the first impulse, and I hate to make this racial, would be like, if you're a white person, well, what's the word that's going to harm me? I don't know, man, but if we find one that's actually going to harm white people, I think it's just the word racist in general. We Pretty try, much. We try not to call you that unless you are being racist. So, like... Pretty much. You know, I, I don't know what to tell you at that point, but... Uh, and, and, and may I interject if the fact that there is nothing that can really harm you in that fashion... Like that exists. Don't look for the L. There's no L to take. You know what I mean? It's, like it's fine. It, honestly, it's just the way it works. Congratulations. If I, if I could trade, and I'm not saying I don't. When I have to phrase what I'm about to say very properly, I don't mean to say like if I could trade in being black for being. No, I don't. What I mean is if I could trade in any word that could be harmful towards black people. Every every word they harm towards black people. I can (laughs) trade that in the chance to like not be able to use any slurs. Cool, happily done. We're good. Right. And I mean, and and then you have the people who are like, "Hey, well, I mean, if you say it, I should." No, that's not how that works. Um, And stop trying to make it work. uh, And something I can use even better to explain uh, personal story. My grandma and I like to talk stuff about each other. Like it gets really bad. 
Like, at one point, my grandma and I were sitting there talking, and she, we were just joking back and forth, and we were out, we were out, like, at a restaurant. I think, yeah, the Pancake House in Gross Point. Shout out to them. Best chocolate chip pancakes and bacon. I get the same thing every time. The creepy old server likes to hit on me. I don't really like that part too much, but everything else is fine. Hey, man. Hey, that's how it goes. But we were sitting there one time. We were just talking, and she got the applesauce. And I'm like, it's going to suck when you get put in a whole person's home. I'm going to take your teeth, and you can't eat that because it's too chunky. She's like, well, I'm just going to fake like I'm dead, and they're going to come take get you and put you put me in your house. I'm going to break up your marriage by crying every night. And I'm like, I'll put you outside the house. I don't care. I'll let the dogs come pee on you. I don't care. She's like, I'm just going to call people then. I'm going to keep a phone on me. We're going to call services. They're going to come take you, and they're going to throw you in jail. She's going to call them people on you. And then all the money I left you at inheritance, I'm going to take it right back and then burn it. I'm like, you know what, Grandma? Whatever. Like, I, I don't care. <laughs> I'll be I'll be broken, penniless, but you'll still be old with no teeth. Taking an applesauce or an IV. So, like, whatever. And someone walked up as I said that, and he's like, yo, respect your elders. And I'm like, man, if you don't get out of my conversation, like, no one's talking to you. And right. grandma, grandma's like, what are you doing talking to him? Like, who who are you? Right. That's the whole point I'm making is we might say stuff back and forth right. in terms of a race or in terms of, you know, whatever. whatever. That is yeah. not for you. If you're outside of that, that is not for you. And you need to understand that and say, okay. You guys are having fun, saying whatever. That's fun. There's a tweet someone put out that, like, it was funny, and I, I get it because it came from, like, a woke guy. He was, like, white guy. He was, like, I've never wanted to say the N-word before, ever, until until they started using that this N-word eating beans meme. And then he's, like, now nah, I feel like I'm actually missing out on the word. But, like, I'm good. I don't need to say it, but I wish I could say it just once so that meme makes sense. Because when I try to explain it, it, does, it loses its humor. And I'm, like, you know what? That's actually really funny. It wasn't Gary to... Owens, was it? No. Okay. Gary Owens gets nothing Yeah, no, yeah, no. It was some yeah. random, like, dude, white dude with, like, a beard and, and like, a hat. I'm joking. So, I'm no. joking. I'm joking. No shots at white folks with dreadlocks. Um, so, yeah. Long story short, uh, homeboy effed up and lost his job. If I were to use the N-word with one of my coworkers on an email, I would lose my job because that's how that sort of thing works. Similarly, a club here in Michigan didn't fire somebody for using homophobic slurs on the pitch while he was at work. They gave him a cursory suspension. Homeboy's still working. I watched him play against ASC Ann Arbor in the U.S. Open Cup a couple weeks ago. And every time Homeboy touched the ball, I thought to myself, I hope you get slide tackled and not necessarily, you know, a leg broken. Yeah, I don't want him hurt. But like, I don't want I, you to I want, hurt. I want you, to, I want you to sit out. But I don't want you to thrive, my guy. If you think it's cool in the heat of the moment to homophobically slur people, I really don't think you need to be getting paid for what you're doing. You can get paid someplace else that's cool with you doing that kind of stuff. But here in Michigan... We really don't kind of play that sort of thing unless you get to, like, you know, tractor pull Michigan, you know, mud bog Michigan, that sort of stuff. Then they probably don't mind because they don't want you around anyway. But to use homophobic slurs while you're at work in most working circumstances loses you your job. I'm just saying that these dudes should be held to the same standard that somebody with a corporate job ought to be held to. If you and I were to all of a sudden start using homophobic slurs in the pod. I get. My difference is I understand that, but also I feel weird about that. It's mainly because in the corporate world and your job, you don't have 
You're not you're not doing your job in front of fifty thousand people. I'm not saying that makes what they're doing right, but I'm saying like it's hard to hold them to the same standards because one job is you're in an office or you're in wherever you are, you're in your secluded area mm. and you're doing your job. You might, it might be a high stakes job. I'm not saying it's like, you know, every I'm not saying every corporate job is like meh. There's some corporate jobs that are like you make one mistake, you're out of here. I I worked I interned at Blue Cross and VP of Key and Sales. Like that office, you make one or two mistakes the next week you're coming back to a box on your desk. So like I understand that. I'm not saying that it's not high stakes. Look at loans. But like that's different. They'll just take you into the force and kill you. Pretty um, much. No, they'll give you they'll they'll make you O D on the Coke you've been doing from the get go. But no, they they This is different because they're doing their job like in a in 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 an open area with people watching them and berating them. And I'm not saying that like it's right. What I'm saying is like I could get how someone could be like, Well, I'm not technically at work. You are at work. Anything you do in the field, like anything you do in the field, uh people are watching you. Whether it's, you know, adults, children, you're not supposed to be, you don't have to be a role model if you don't want to be a role model. I understand that. Mm. But you got to understand, like, if I'm on the field and I pull my penis out. Yeah, you're probably going to lose your job. Kids are going to think it's okay to pull their penises out. You're probably going to, not to mention you're a sex offender at that point. Um, But playing this forward to actually the point I wanted to put a button on this whole thing with. Uh, Did you see the tweet about Tony Robbins? The LAFC owner? The LAFC owner. And um, him using very extreme methods, we'll say, uh, in order to get people to see his side of things. Essentially dropping N-bombs in the middle of one of his useless speeches that he apparently has made a grip of money on um, and saying, you know, if you allow someone to use the N-word in it, and it engenders a reaction out of you, you know, you're basically, you're still a slave. That's the same as slavery. That's the, you know, you know, if, if you allow somebody to get a reaction out of you because you're, because they use the N-word, then, then you're still enslaved. And then, you know, he's like, N-word this and N-word that. And I'm like, my guy, I don't care if it was the 80s or not. It wasn't cool to use that from I, beforehand. I... I know I'm gonna sound like No, I know I'm gonna sound like a hypocrite right now. But if I were in said meeting and he said that to me, I'm slapping him, taking the severance and walking out. I'm fine. Listen, I I get it. I get that that's like not what you're supposed to do. I understand you it. You don't sound like a hypocrite. Like we you sound like someone who's aged up and grown up, right? But in the eighties, let's just let's just take it back there, right? It was the eighties, people say wild shit. Um in the 80s, you probably would have gotten away with giving homeboy the hands. I understand for that. dancing around on the stage and being like... I understand that. But I'm saying, I'm saying like today. I understand like the, the mature thing would be... And I know I have, I have people, even my father's like, if someone says it to me, you know, it's in the courtroom, I got to throw hands. I'm like, I understand that, Dad. But also, you're like 65. If you try to fight someone in the courtroom, you could get seriously hurt. And while I understand, yes, there's your pride and the whole the racial the racial uh, connotation behind it. I think right now it's just best if you just walk away from it. But it'd be hard if someone does that. I've I've played games where people have like made like you know racial jokes about stuff, and it's hard to not just be like, yo, I 
gonna tune this kid up. Like it's and I understand if I do it right here, right now, there's a decent chance they wanted to press charges, they probably could. Mm-hmm. But like, is it worth it? And sometimes it feels like it is. It's not. Um, and even if you were to be like someone to pat you on the back, the people are gonna bail you out for whatever you're gonna do. You still have that rap of. There's a video on Facebook. This black kid is standing in front of something, and this white guy kind of gets in his face and kind of pushes him off. And the and I was people are like, well, you know. And then this black kid comes and kind of pushes the guy back. So the older white guy's like, hey man, hey 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 hey, and he kind of slows him down a bit. And I, my friend posted, it and I was like, yeah, that kid, that black kid's like 19, 20 years old. This other guy, older white guy's like 75, 80, maybe 65 at the earliest. If they fought, that black kid's going to kill him. Mm-hmm. So I would hold my friend like, hey, man, it's not worth a murder beat. Mm-hmm. And someone's like, well, what are you trying to say? Are you trying to advocate? I'm like, no. What I'm saying is, is I've been in situations where, like, someone has pushed somebody, and they've been like, okay, well, a push is not an act of aggression. It's kind of crappy, but it's not an act of aggression. When they threw the first punch, that's when the act of aggression started. So if he pushes me and I hit him back, I'm the one getting charged with something. Up, yeah. He has to hit me first, and then I have to go from there. And honestly, if he hits that guy full strength, he might kill him. So maybe, hey, hey, no. Let's go yeah. Let's go to a shooting range if you want to go. Let's yeah. go get some boxing gloves. Let's go to a rage cage. You can smash stuff. But, like, I can't let you fight this guy because you will kill him. And you will get no backing for it at all. And Whatsoever. just to bring, to bring it to this point is, like, I get it. I get if someone were to use if he were to use that in front of me, I get the logical thing would be like to walk away, like, yo, I'm done. Forget you. I'm suing. I expect my I expect my checks in the mail. Right. I'm out of here. But it would be so good to go up there and just jaw him one time and walk out. I know that would not serve anybody by doing that. No. No. So. To put a final button on this. The story you just really a homeboy getting shoved. Um, it wasn't a shove that I dealt with. It was a story I'm going to tell. I would make this as, as quick as possible. Um, I used to work in a music store in Saginaw, Michigan. So I was in the back part of the office changing strings on the guitar for a customer. So as I'm changing these strings, uh, an older gentleman by the name of Buster, that is his actual name, I, well, nickname, I'm not going to, I don't remember his last name, uh, found out that the store manager was getting promoted and moving to a different store in Midland, Michigan. And so I'm back there doing my thing, changing the strings. Uh, and he's like, oh, hey, Steve, I heard you got promoted, he says to the guy. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to be working over here, this and that. And I should preface, the older gentleman, Buster, was easily 85 years old. Easily 85 years old. World War II vet, you know, this was years and years and years ago, back when I, I think I'd cut my dreadlocks at this point. Um, and so he says to my manager, hey, uh, I heard you're the head N-word in town now. Now my boss knows that I'm back there changing the strings. So he's immediately on his heels. Of, oh, oh uh, no, no, I wouldn't say that, Buster. I wouldn't say that, you know, like that's not really, yeah, this and that, you know, it was a big money, blah, 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 blah. So he, you know, Buster pivots into asking who's going to give his grandson drum lessons because another gentleman that I worked with was going to be moving to the Midland store because he lived closer to that one. And he was wondering, yeah, does anybody else here give drum lessons on a Saturday morning? This is the only time that we're available to uh, come through and, and get lessons for him. I play drums, 
and everybody at that point knew that I was a good drummer. I still am a fairly decent drummer. Um, and so Steve puts me completely under the bus, train and whatever else, airplane, whatever you want to throw me under. He's like, well, John is actually an amazing drummer. You should ask if he wants to give Cam drums, drum lessons. And I'm back there changing strings like, why would you do this to me? Answer is no, I don't. Why would you do this to me? This is 25-year-old John, right? And so I'm like, I don't want to. At first I was like, I am going to stay back here until I'm done with these strings and then wait until Buster leaves the office and then I am going to give homeboy, whoever wants this guitar back, their guitar. I am not going to walk out here and give this old man a heart attack. And so Steve throws me under the bus and asks me to come out. Like, hey, blah, blah, blah. You should talk to John about giving Cam lessons. Hey, John, come on out here. Like, this is your life, right? I was upset. And I actually confronted Steve about this after the fact. Um, So I walk out there and I was like, how's it going? My name is John Brown. Shake his hand. I was like, yeah, you know, I'd love to give your grandson drum lessons because the way that I approach this thing is kill them with kindness and put it right in their face. Snuff them with it. Um, May not be the best way to go about it, but I have a bad temper, so this is how I approach things. So I'm like, yeah, I'd love to give Cam lessons. I've heard him playing with so-and-so, and, you know, I think I could really help him out. And I knew that if I came through with the with the heater, right, if I came through with the clapper, that I was going to give this 8,000-year-old man an absolute coronary if I didn't approach this the right way. Additionally, knowing my temper, if I came to like, F you, F this, I'm out of here, A, I wouldn't have a job, B, really what would that help this dude's 1,000 years old? You know, so he falls back on his heels. Well, I, I, uh, I, I, uh, I, uh, I'm out of here. He does. Leaves the store after you know, Cam gets through with his with his drum lesson. Leaves the store, and I go to Steve. I'm like, "Why did you do that to me? Like, why did you do that to me? Like, you completely put me on Front Street, and then had this ancient man have to sit here and look me in the face after he just used the N word, and he knew he effed up. Now, mind you, at that part in that part of Michigan, there are a lot of white people that use that word." Um, colloquially but not necessarily as a slur okay they, they just, don't they don't mean it to be they to don't mean it in like malicious good, good they don't mean it in a good way but they don't mean it to be like i'm trying to humanize you right it's like they're using it knowing full well it's going to offend you but like i don't mean it in a way that's like they don't use it like a mississippi cop they use it like Kind of like how black people do it, but they only do it amongst themselves. There's, there's a number of people I know up there that, that use the N-word like that. Um, and so he comes back the next week, asks, asks me to my face, to his credit, asks me to my face if I could give his grandson lessons. I was like, sure, I'd love to do it. And so I would come and give him lessons. I would, I would give the, the grandson lessons. And old dude always paid me extra and ended up would have a great conversation with me for at least a half an hour after every after every drum lesson, and was a legitimately good dude. He knew he effed up, but it was one of those old people kind of things where you don't talk about it. You know what I mean? He's like, I yeah. know, I know, I messed up, so I'm gonna make amends this way. And he was a legitimately good cat. You know what I mean? Like I I, I felt sorry for him to a degree because Steve shouldn't have put him out like that. 
and shouldn't have put me out like that. But like you said, at what point am I going to come through with both barrels and just make this dude feel some kind of way and like collapse in the store? What good does that do anybody? I mean, it's different. Only way I'll say different in your story is if you do that verbally and he falls over, oh well. Like that's something. But like if you physically were like, I got to put the beats on you. Oh, yeah, then, I'm, then, then I'm a monster. That's different. Like, you can't. <laughs> then I'm a monster. You can't physically do that. But like, no way. If you're like, yo, man, I think you're terrible, and like you doing this is like not good, and you think that you're fine being set in your old ways, being homophobic, racist, etc., whatever it is, you think that's good. It's not, and you're teaching the wrong to the next generation the wrong thing, and I think mm. you should stop. Like, if you did that and he's like, oh, well, and he passes out, yo, then his heart just is... I'd have felt guilty in the mug, His heart is just old and racist. I'd have felt guilty in a mug, You might have felt guilty, but his heart is old and racist and it just expired. So, like, okay. Well, if you're like, yo, man, what you said is messed up, now come get these paws. Different story. (laughs) I just committed assault and battery. Different story entirely. (laughs) Not assault and battery. You hit him and you committed murder. You didn't mean to. You committed murder. Involuntary manslaughter. That plea down to the voluntary manslaughter served my five years. Yeah, given where you were, it'd probably be second degree. Like, yeah, just, yeah. That, that that dark yeah. one just flew off the handle and just, yeah. you know. Yeah. So you, like, you know how these brothers in Saginaw be. He so was, he was probably high. So uh, moving on, moving on. Long story short, don't say slurs; they don't apply to you. Just don't. Booyah! Don't do it. Which is why I asked you the thing about the lateness tweet. Because I wasn't going to say it. I mean, Filipinos are late people. I can say it. I have Filipino family. I understand it. I'm not saying like a mean way. But like, I'm pretty late. My cousin. CP got, time is a thing. My cousin. God bless her. I love her so much. She's going to hear this and smirk and frown at me. We love you, Sharina. I love you, Sharina. We love you, Sharina. I, I love you too, we boy. We both boy. do. But like, I'm like, if I'm... if if. If time is relative and time is X, and my lateness is 2X, Trina's like a 3, 4X. Because she's got the black and Filipino. And I understand it, and like I try to work within her schedule sometimes. And sometimes I'm later than her. Sometimes I'm later than her. But like, it's, it's, it. it's a late thing. Like We typically, we have the, the black and Filipino family come to get, together, to get together to celebrate, and it's like typically a bit later. It starts two hours after like, it was supposed to. It's like, it's like, she's like, hey. And I know she's sometimes, it's most times it's because she's working. She's doing amazing things with... Mm-hmm. with uh, Kresge Fellow. With, yeah. Kresge her Fellow. And, her, like, and, her and Chase are killing it. Shout outs but it's like, to yo, the homies for real. I got an art show at like, starts at noon, ends at like midnight. She was like, all right, I got you. I'll be there on one. Strolls in around a hot 7 p.m. Like, where I you have, been? I have to be here for 12 hours, so I get it. But, like, if I had to leave, like, where you been? What? She's like, oh, you know, just time got away, like, clearly. Well, yeah, that all being said, yeah, CP time is a thing. But uh, since we're CPs, we can say that. So, Twitter questions. We've got Twitter questions. This is dope. So, for this one, um, we're going to start out with. At S-E underscore pro underscore Lux with an E. Why the F? What the F is wrong with people? Should the, I add context or do you the, just want to? The internet. The internet's what's wrong with people. Hmm. Hmm. Care to expound? Uh, I'm probably not going to answer the question, but like, this is how I feel about it. Um, I was watching Michael Che... Funny comedian, Perfect. a little too pointed sometimes for me, but like funny <laughs> comedian. 
Um, it's a little close to home. He he, not even that. Just some stuff he says, where I'm like, most of your fan base is white. You can't say that. Like you're you're gonna lose fans. You can't do that, man. But he he had a joke where he's like, he's like, these kids today, it's like cell phones. Like what's wrong? What's wrong with them? Like it, I get it. He's like, this kid's not. You know, I'm going to get a little dicey over here. I apologize this right now. A, this has been a woo, he was, episode, he was, y'all. Y'all ready? He was like, yeah, man, I can't I can't imagine, you know, being, you know, in fourth grade, having to take a math test, and having, like, an instrument in your phone, I mean, in your pocket, that, like, can do answer all the questions you need to answer, like, just like that. And, like, and also look at titties. Like, it's, I can't imagine having that in my pocket. He's, like, oh, he's like the closest thing that I had at my age was, like, was a calculator. I'd go in the back of the room and type in, eight, type in 8008S in the corner, which is, you know, boobs. And he's, like, because I was a weirdo. So, like, <laughs> I, I, the internet's was wrong with people because back then when we were growing up, people were, like, well, why don't we know about stuff? You know, why is stuff different now? Because when we were growing up, uh, I had a cell phone when I was 15 and 16, but even then my cell phone was like, I had one before that. I had a cell phone had a I, T9 joint. I had a cell phone when I was 13, 14, but it was a Virgin Mobile pay-as-you-go phone. An internet cost 10 cents a minute. And I was like, you know what? I have $5 on this phone. I have to make calls to my parents to make sure I get a ride from, from, from to and from school. Yep. I have to save a few texts for my girlfriend. So I'm not going to use the internet because I could spend 10 minutes on there and be broke. So I'm good. No internet for me. So I'll have to check when I get to the computer. If I can't find it on the computer, whatever, I don't care. It's fine. Not a big deal. Whereas now, my little brother and my little sister have, like, cell phones. And my brother had a, had an iPhone when he was, like, 12, 13. And he was able to, like, we were just talking. Just talking about stuff. And as we were talking, he was looking up stuff on his phone and, like, able to go through. So even the references that I made that he didn't get, we got it. We were playing FIFA uh, from a city, from, like, a state away from his iPad to my phone. Just like, I, like technology. Technology is what's wrong with people. Because now, now people can look at stuff in an, an instant. And another Louis C.K. joke that he made, where they're flying through the... And he ended up telling, saying later that the joke applied to him. Like, a lot of the jokes he makes about people being stupid come from his own life. Like, it's actually him. Mm-hmm. Where they're flying through the air. And he's like, they're in a plane. And he's like, we have this new technology where uh, we're going to, for the first time ever, we're going to have Wi-Fi on the flight. And everyone's like, oh my God, great. And they get the Wi-Fi on the flight. And then it crashes 20 minutes later. Like, oh man, you know, like, sucks. And then people were legit mad. Like, wow. We get on the flight and the Wi-Fi doesn't even work. It's like, they didn't exist until 20 minutes ago. You're I'm in a, saying. You're in a chair in the sky. I still take books on flights. You're in a chair in the sky. You're literally like an Egyptian prophecy flying through the air. <laughs> the Marahabat talked about what you're doing right now like, 3,000 years like ago. Like, before this, travel was driving across the country. Before that, travel was like taking a carriage. And by the time you got somewhere back then, you were a different person. Your family was different. because you people, aged. People died from dysentery. You aged by so, the time time you got to somewhere by the time you took the Oregon Trail to get to wherever you got you so, lost five family members on the way so even complaining about like man I gotta fly to I gotta I, I, I said this before and I felt like the biggest jerk ever I was flying with my father to go to California and for our most recent photo trip we flew into Vegas and I was like man I flew to Ve- we flew to we flew to Phoenix and we had Wi-Fi and everything this is great like the flight from Phoenix to Vegas is like first class no it's like a third a third of the time it takes for us to get from Detroit to Phoenix it takes to get from Phoenix to Vegas 
So really short flight. But I was like, dog, we're on a flight for 50 minutes. No Wi-Fi? What am I going to do? And I thought out loud, like, wow, I'm a spoiled person. <laughs> like, that's... I can't go 15 minutes without, like, not looking at pictures or not looking out the window or just taking a little nap. Like, I need my right. Wi-Fi to look at stupid tweets from people that I've already seen already. Right. I need the stupid Wi-Fi. Wow. You can look at, like, the cued tweets, like, the ones that you had before when you what, last, like, like what a, What an entitled person. And I felt so bad about myself. And then I found out there was Wi-Fi on the flight and just immediately stopped feeling bad for myself and went on to playing phone games. But, like... At a moment where I'm like, yeah, this is stupid. Like, the internet is like making things better because people can learn stuff. It's making things worse because people, like, like, like Doctor Sebi can like fester <laughs> because he's gonna tell you if you take seaweed and rub it on your ball sack, it'll cure cancer, and it won't. But people will read that online and be like, oh my god, groundbreaking. Cut so, that trick in half. So the internet is what's wrong with people. See, so, you know, a corporate word here. Piggybacking on that point, I hate that. I hate when people say that. Piggybacking on that point, the problem with the internet is that people don't use it to actually learn. They use it to reinforce their biases. That's what's. That's what the f is wrong with people. Now, to give context to this question, uh, that SC Pro, SC Pro Lux man, your t- deluxe hazelnut had uh, an interaction with a. It was an NGS slash. Uh, Flint City River Rats interaction and someone called another person a cuck and then proceeded to uh, say that they didn't know that cuck was an offensive term to which I was like my guy tacit Google pardon tacit Google search on the internet will tell you that this is a alt-right heavy type of thing to say to somebody you know, as like you are a cuckold, you are less than a man. I'm trying to delegitimize anything you're saying by basically calling you a a she he, right? You're a beta male. You're a beta male, yada, all that all that dumb stuff. And so I just chimed in because once again, I had I have no no horse in the race. Like I'm here to cover soccer and watch banter, right? But when he threw the cuck thing and act like he didn't know what he said, and you know, it was like, "Yo," I'm, and he eventually was like, "Yo, I'm gonna take this out of the lexicon." Yo, I didn't know this was a bad thing to say. My bad, because I was like, "Yo, the only people that say cuck are alt right adjacent and or straight up alt right bigots, right?" So you might want to not say that. And then Deluxe Pro asked, you know, Deluxe Hazelnut asked me, "What the f is wrong with people?" Because people don't use the internet to actually learn; they use it to reinforce their biases you know it's the it's the logical fallacy of my brain so it's 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 a logical fallacy to just sit there and just reinforce the things bias confirmation is the logical fallacy where you wait to see the proof that reinforces what you already think is a thing if you actually use the internet to learn things that you didn't know previously and to educate yourself and to actually become quote-unquote woke as in I didn't know that I was doing X wrong and I'm not going to do X wrong any longer. And, and to be completely forthright and I'll throw myself on the, on the mercy of the court. I used to be, and I've said this on Twitter before, I used to be a horribly transphobic person to the point where I didn't think of it as these are people going through their own struggle in life and they have to legitimize their own life to people that think that they're making it up for attention. 
I used to be one of those jerks that thought that they were doing it for attention. And like I said, I've said this publicly already, and I and I really want to make amends. Is probably there's a lot of the reason why I take the approach that I do. Of, yo, you cannot make someone's mind up for them. You can't live someone's life for them. If this is what it is, that's what it is. Respect them for what they are. And if they want, if they were born as Charlie and want to be called Charlene, call that person Charlene, and that's the end of it. You know, and that's just what it is. And you can't try and legitimize it in your own brain because it doesn't matter what you think. It what matters is what they think. And that's where Dave Chappelle messed up. And I, once I learned that lesson, and shouts out to my brother, and shouts out to my homie, uh, Laura, that really laid this out for me. And Because at a certain point I realized, dude, you're wrong. Dude, you're just wrong and stop doing that. But far too often, that's not the approach people take. Second question. This is a heavy episode. Yeah. It's good, though. We're learning. Second question from Nick Fenton at Nick Fent. And I think this is a legitimate question we can probably make some meat on. This is going to be a long episode. How do you suggest someone moves on from their club folding that they were a supporter of and said person is finding it hard to get behind any local team to even follow, let alone support? So... Wait till you're done. So, as someone who never really was a fan of of soccer and the main sch- and the main scheme of things here, I was kind of just you know I like soccer. Uh, I like Michigan Bucks. I like their players because they're pretty good, to, pretty close to being top level. I like Detroit City FC's players because I like what Detroit City FC is doing for the community. Um, I like AFC and Arbor's players because a lot of them have pro pedigree in their genes, whether they're going to be professional or not. They all they act maturely like they're professional. It was hard for me to like when when I kind of remove myself from writing for a little bit, is to sit down and watch and be like, do I actually really enjoy watching soccer? I honestly kind of don't. Um, unless I'm directly involved. And that's mainly because I'll start thinking about what can I do to, like, what was better. I remember watching my little brother's game uh, when he played. He plays in Cincinnati uh, for Cincinnati Country Day. And, like, watching him play, like, I went from cheering on my little brother to, like, being like, why is there, why is the center back too, so far up the field if he can't dribble? Why aren't the forwards pressing the ball? Why isn't he making a run? And it's like, yo, like, I'm here to support my family, and I can't even, like, disassociate that that's a personal thing that's not like everyone that's a personal thing for me but like unless I'm directly involved in soccer I don't care um so the way that I dealt with that myself um when a team was taken from me not the team was taken but I decided to throw myself fully into soccer that directly relates to me which is why when people ask me what is your favorite team it's normally the team that I'm playing for it used to be my team favorite team was Midtown FC when I played for Midtown FC Go Perps. Then it was my Got favorite, perp. Then my favorite team was Historic Boston Edison. You know, HB till I DIE. Go Mansions. Come on, you Mansions. Currently, my favorite team, Grandmont Rosedale. The fighting grannies, the fighting orange grannies of the West Side. It's what am I? What am I touching? And I think of, I think of Ben Wallace when I think of this really great quote. The first time I interviewed him after he signed to the Chicago Bulls, people were like, "Man, you are the heart and soul of Detroit, man. Where's your heart?" You know, where's your heart, man? He's like, in my chest. 
<laughs> like that's that's it. You know, it's it's you it's you touch where you need to go. And if you feel comfortable devoting yourself to something like this, do that. If you want to, if you don't want to try to join another team's fandom, which I understand, if in Michigan the fan bases are pretty competitive, so I could get how if you were a soccer, if you were a uh, Lansing United fan. You find it hard to become a Detroit City fan. You're a Detroit City fan. You find it hard to become, you know, an Ancient Arbor fan, et cetera, et cetera. You don't want to peel off and be like, I used to not like some of these fans. Some of them don't like me, but, like, I'm going to try to get into there anyways. I get it. You At that point, it's like you don't want to become the guy who at Rec Soccer cares too much. And I'm not saying to do that because those guys are douches. Mm-hmm. But, like, take a greater interest in your actual team at that point. You want to, like, you want to, like, take your team and say, hey... I care about this team. I want us to win. I want us to compete and have fun. And, like, if we lose, we lose. It's fine. But, like, I put all my... I put my interests the best thing I can into doing stuff that directly affects me. And anything else that doesn't, whether it's just, you know... Just the same way that you used to put your energy into, like, supporting your team, put it into supporting your actual team that you're actually a part of. The, the team that you get touches on or the team that, you know, maybe you don't get touches on, but maybe your kid, you know place for a high level club team maybe something like that i'm not saying to be there and be the crazy parent who's like oh my god whatever please don't but like please don't yo like take the interest you had in that and do that if you can't do that like i would suggest you know bonsai trees bonsai trees i'm sorry suggest bonsai trees shaping them up it's a pretty cool habit when you need to like desensitize and cool down i actually like that that's a good idea that's a good idea or uh succulents you can really kill a succulent really easily. That's that's right here. Your man's right here. I, I have killed so many beautiful succulents that have no longer exist on this planet. My two cents, um, now to give proper context, as Fletcher alluded to, uh, Nick Fenton was a Sons of Ransom uh, member, one of the probably original members, I believe. Um, and Sons of Ransom has gone nowhere as as basically had to dissolve because uh what was lansing united's men's team became lansing ignite that's a whole other thing that we're going to cover i mean sons of ransom Ransom still exists they support lansing united women's team oh righteous that's it so then you could a go and support the women because women's soccer really does need the support and like legitimate fandom that doesn't just revolve around, and I'm not, I'm not saying this for anybody. This is no shots being taken. Um, this isn't just resolving around, revolving around uh, booty shorts and you know watching girls like beat up on each other. Um, there are some legitimate athletes. This is good soccer to watch, tactical soccer to watch that you should be watching. Um, as far as local teams go, if you really want to go the soccer hipster route. You could, as Fletcher said, uh, support the club that you play for, the team that you play for, and be about it. About it, or if you're less inclined, I honestly would not have a problem with you following one of the Michigan Premier League clubs because there are, you know, levels beneath uh, the NPSL USA or UPSL USASA uh, where. There are clubs that would love to have people out cheering for them, wearing their scarves around, buying their merch. Or if you really want to be, you know, the the Bill Simmons sports bigamist about it, support a bunch of them. 
You know, I was like, hey, I got I can go to this game on Thursday, this game on Friday, this game on Saturday, or go to so and so's game. Like, make a plan out for the for the summer season and go and watch a bunch of different clubs play. You know, and and have a bunch of different scars, have a bunch of different jerseys, and let these dudes that play for Madonna, these dudes that play for smaller programs, have somebody rooting them on because it really does matter to root on these guys that are used to playing to empty stands. Um, but to There's no need to marry yourself to a team if you don't feel married to a team. Support what you want. Support soccer. Really, when it comes down to it, support soccer. I have been a major fan of Bundesliga, of Eredivisie, of Serie A, though I'll never go to any of these countries. I I started watching Eredivisie because I had in-laws, quote-unquote, fake in-laws, good people, but I wasn't married. Uh, they were from the Netherlands and got me into watching Eredivisie. Now, they're Ajax fans, and I feel some kind of way about rooting for the team that wins the championship every year. So I'll watch your, your Groningens. I'll watch your Vitesses. I'll watch your Rotterdam FC kind of joints because it's nice. It's good soccer to watch. And that's when you're like, this league has quality, so I want to watch this quality. Um, if there's a local squad, you know, local league, local setup that you're into, get into that local setup. But don't feel like you need to marry a club because it's soccer. You know, get out and watch some soccer. If you want to support local, there's a whole lot of local soccer, especially in Michigan, especially in Metro Detroit. There's a whole lot of local soccer to support. So get out there and do it, you know, and they'll appreciate it. Believe that. People will appreciate it. Um, So, yeah, those are our two Twitter, Twitter questions for the evening. Please feel free to send them in. If you've got any other questions, just send them to our Twitters at The Outer Drive, at St. FDW, or at Really John Brown. Um, well, this has been a very deep episode two of the Auto Drive podcast. I just gave you our Twitter, uh, our Twitter handles. If you want to reach out to us, I just gave you our Twitter handles. If you want to reach out to us, feel free to interact. We're pretty uh, steady on the Twitter machine, so feel free to come at us. And if we think you're stupid, we'll block you. Uh, dude, I had a Twitter troll today blocked me after I was like I sunned him and he blocked me. I didn't even have to like like dunk on him super ferocious. He I just like bye bye boy basically and he blocked me. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Yeah. I no. No. <laughs> if you don't know, you don't know, but Nick Fenton knows and like shouts out to you, homie. So uh episode two of the first season of the Auto Drive Podcast is wrapping up. Feel free to reach out to us. We appreciate it. Tell a friend to tell a friend to listen to us. This is quality content. The break between episode two and three will not be the same length as episode one and two. Yeah. For that, I will say before we sign off, that was mainly on me. Um, I had a wedding to go to in Virginia, which kind of messed with our schedule. Um, and the week, the week before that, I had some personal things to take care of. Um, this week almost got pushed back as well because I was in the hospital, which some people know, some people did not know. I am Why is you feeling better? mostly okay now. Um, so yes, I uh, the, the break will not be as long. So if you're listening to this now, you listen to all of this, I don't know why you would do that. But like, appreciate it. 
Thanks for sticking with us. We're going to get quality content back to you as soon as we can. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so, follow us. We'll be at these Bucks games. We'll be at these Detroit City games. I need to make it out to AFC Ann Arbor. I'm going to go to AFC Ann Arbor games. Right on. My son has already declared that he is an FC Bucks fan. Okay. He, hey, man, they got a bouncy house. That's what it takes for an eight-year-old. Man, that's how the Tigers get all their young fans is the fans come out and play on the carousel. It starts out, man, and then what it is what it is, so keep it up. Thank you, everybody. We'll be back. Holla at your boy.